Packers Life Sports Show, Benjamin Denton, John Hinton, 88.1 WKNC HD1 FM Raleigh. On this unseasonably warm Wednesday, John, how's it hanging? Seems like every single Wednesday is unseasonably warm these days. Well, like two weeks ago, it was unseasonably cold. I just like the word unseasonably. Yeah, I mean, that's that's North Carolina weather for you. There's nothing, like, if you've lived in North Carolina and you know the weather pattern, you haven't lived in North Carolina. That's just how it rolls. Exactly, yeah. John, how are you? I'm doing good, Benjamin. How are you doing today? I am doing fantastic, and I don't know if it's obvious, but I am super stoked to be out here on the air talking about NC State sports, keeping you up to date with the latest and the greatest with the pack. I'm just as excited. I've just been a little sleep deprived because I'm actually doing my homework, Benjamin. But what? Um, Are you implying that I don't do my homework, just John? Me- just messing with you. Just but a- okay. uh, yeah, we're super ex- excited to be here today. Absolutely. What's on the docket for today's show? Uh, we're definitely going to talk some NFL and some Panthers. Certainly going to talk some Wolfpack football after what we did on Saturday, which we did a thing. shocked the nation. We did a thing. We'll talk about it. Uh, some women's tennis. Mm-hmm. Definitely. There's a swimming event. Uh, the Wolfpack Games coming up on Friday. We'll touch on that. As well as some volleyball and men's and women's soccer and some rifle team, which we have yet to talk about on the show. Yep. Season started last weekend. But to open up the show, we're going to talk about men's soccer. And the news isn't all good. It's not all bad. But we'll, talk, we'll first talk about the bad news because I like ending on a good note. I actually eat pizza crust first because I like to wow. sa- that, that, I, I like to wow. save the best for last. Okay. okay. You know how much judgment I get from my friends for doing that every single time I eat pizza. I mean, yeah, if y'all could see my face right now, you'd understand what I'm thinking of Benjamin. But I mean, I don't that, understand. That's interesting. I just want, I'm not, no judgment. No judgment. That that was definitely judgment. And I know the listeners are judging me, but I like eating my pizza crust first, save best for last. So that's what we're doing with the soccer. We're gonna go crust first here and talk about the loss. Versus Wake Forest. We hosted then number four, now number two ranked Wake Forest Demon Deacons. ACC soccer is really good. And it was a three to nothing defeat. Yeah, I mean, Wake Forest, they've always been strong in soccer in both mm-hmm. men's and women's. I mean, especially of recent memory. Just, I mean, even in high school, I didn't really follow college soccer that much. But, I mean, you knew. You knew Wake yeah. Forest was a powerhouse. They scored all three of their goals in a 10-minute period. I mean, you were there. Tell I, me about I that. I was there. So the entire first half, Wake Forest controlled possession of the ball. Wow. It was like we had a couple of good scoring opportunities. And Wake Forest actually, like in the 44th minute, like right before halftime, had a shot from point-blank range that our goalie, Leon Crapp, was able to save and conser- like preserve that 0-0 shutout at halftime. But they broke through the pack defense, and we were playing very conservatively to keep them off the board. And once they got that first goal, nine minutes later, they got a second one in 20 seconds. 20 seconds after that second goal, they scored a third goal. Yeah, um, head coach George Kiefer was quoted as saying, I feel like there are good moments in ACC play, and then there are moments when you just want to do a better job. I think that span of like um, three short goals or three quick goals for mm-hmm. Wake Forest, it, one of those moments that he might be talking about. Now, I hadn't seen the pack play before that game. We're really, really fast but the downside of that is we're kind of small we didn't have a lot of big players uh we had one midfielder uh one center forward that looked really big and then we had uh, Manny Perez is kind of tall but everyone else in that midfield area is kind of smallish and Wake Forest really controlled the middle of the field for that entire game the only scoring chances we got were down the sidelines and then they were quickly snuffed out though we heckled the goalkeeper the entire game he really didn't do anything 
we didn't get any legitimate scoring chances. The defense on Wake Forest was stifling. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you have that kind of size mixed with, I mean, Wake Forest is probably just as fast as NC State, just yeah. mixed, with, mixed with some big, bigger bodies. The defense is, it's always going to be hard to attack, very difficult. I mean, they're one of the top-ranked teams in the country. And so it's for a reason. A loss is, yeah, uh, it's for a reason. It, a loss is not necessarily a bad sign. It's just... Obviously, if you want to be in contention for like Final Four national championship, mm-hmm. you got to be at least keeping up with those. Teams. Now, what I liked out of the pack was we were we had a bunch of corners and uh, we had fouls right outside the box, so we were really trying to score right in that last ten minutes, even though we knew we couldn't win the game. I, I like that we weren't giving up, and, but again, Wake Forest was amazing and they controlled the ball and they they went they would go minutes at a time having possession of the ball, where NC State would just not have the ball because Wake Forest was so good at passing it. Mm-hmm. But that's all the crust of the pizza we're going to talk about. Now we're going to get into some of that cheese and pepperoni. Mm, mm. So the pack hosted UNC Asheville earlier this week. Uh, yeah, they won 3 nothing over that. Senior Julius Dutscherer, uh, he led the way with two goals. Mm-hmm. Um, the coach, actually, yeah, yeah. Uh, the coach, he was quoted as saying, NC State dominated the match from start to finish, outshooting the Bulldogs by a 15 15- I'm sorry, that's not the coach. That is that's, that's the website. Gopack.com mm-hmm. is Shout quoted out to as them. saying they are an yeah. invaluable My resource. My apologies. Uh, yeah, Gopack.com quoted as saying NC State dominated the match from start to finish, outshooting the Bulldogs by a 15 to seven margin and earning eight corners to their four. Yeah, goalkeeper Leon Krapp, he made short work of each one en route to earning the team's third shutout of the young season. We have a really good goalkeeper. Yeah, and he's a true freshman, so that's really good for this team. Yeah, a bright future on this team. We have um, a lot of our best players are true freshmen, so um, we could have three, four good years, honestly, of consistent play in the ACC, which, again, is one of the toughest conferences to play in. It sounds like for a second that we're, we're saying we're not good right now. We're really good right now. Our, our three losses this year, now number 7 Notre Dame, who was number 1 last week mm-hmm. after, before they lost, now number two Wake Forest, and in double overtime to William and Mary, we're four three and one, one and two in ACC play. Again, the ACC is ridiculously good in soccer. Yeah, I mean we play number five Chapel Hill on Friday at seven p.m. and that's actually uh, at Wake Med Soccer Park. Yeah, that's home of FC uh, North Carolina. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, just like we were talking about the ACC, so good at soccer. In both you men's? Ins- both men's and women's. And yeah. women's soccer. There we go. So there's also some good and bad with the women's soccer. We're going to start crust first now. So this was one of the more recent games. I think the most recent game. The NC State women's went up to Notre Dame. And Notre Dame is not, they're like a top 25 team. They're not like the men's. In women's, they're like in that 25 range. Very similar in uh, rank to NC State. Mm-hmm. But... The women coming off of a game versus Boston College, which we, we will tell you the result right after. We're going to go crust first here. Notre Dame beat us 4 to nothing over in South Bend. Yeah, that's a, that was a tough game, honestly. Um, Notre Dame, really good soccer team. Just It was really balanced. Two goals just, in the first half, got, two yeah, goals in the second half. Yeah, that means it shows that it's not a fluke. It's not just like four goals in a minute or goalkeeper error. I mean, mm-hmm. a 4 nothing defeat is pretty resounding. I mean, we're still a solid team. But, oh, yeah, I mean, we're coming back from this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We're, um, I mean, we'll probably make the Sweet 16, I'm expecting. Maybe mm-hmm. even go farther. But, I mean, you gotta, you got to compete at least. you got to score at least yeah. one goal. Quote from Coach Tim Santoro is, It wasn't a good day for us, and Notre Dame was very good today. They came out in the first 20 minutes and looked like a team that had come off of a loss Thursday night. 
They were very good, and we were very poor, and that combination in this league is a bad recipe for a final score. I didn't realize that kind of rhymes. That's a really great <laughs> quote. That's my favorite quote so far. But also a great point about, again, how good the ACC is in both men's and women's soccer. And the pack next travel to play yet again another ranked team, 12th-ranked Florida State, Friday at 7 p.m. in Tallahassee. That was all the bad. Now we have the good. Oh, yes. The really, really, really good. So we played Boston College earlier this week at Dale Soccer Field. John, what was the result of that game? Uh, well, we won one to nothing, and uh, Ziara King scored the game-winning goal in the final minute of the game. I don't know if that was an extra minute or if it was just 90th in the 90th minute. 90th minute. That is intense. It's exciting. I mean, yeah, Boston College, I don't think they're ranked. But they but were good. We talked still, about this game. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, they're an ACC, they're an ACC team. They can keep up with ACC schools. Yeah, that's that's an exciting win. And I mean, it may have given us a little bit of false confidence going mm-hmm. into Notre Dame. Yeah. But still, an ACC win is very valuable. Yeah, the Wolfpack's record now going into Tallahassee is eight two and one with a one 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 record in the ACC. A couple notes about that Boston College game. It was really great that we got the win there, considering we did not register a shot in the first half. But then we turned it around and had five shots in the final 17 minutes, which was culminated by a spectacular goal yeah. by Ziara King. I think I think the ending of the second half shows that, I mean, we're just more in shape. And I mean, that, mm-hmm. that may sound like a really shallow um, observation, but honestly, I mean, when you're playing soccer, if you play the whole game, you're probably running um, five to ten miles every mm-hmm. game just... Having that, uh, especially if you're chasing Miss King, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> if you have that resolve and endurance, um, and you're 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 pushing uh, the pedal to the metal in the 90th minute, that's yeah, that that's a good sign for that our goal team. by King. We retweeted it on our on the show's uh, Twitter. Give us a follow. Pack is life NCSU. I'm gonna tell you about it right quick because it's amazing. She's in two defenders near like 35 yards away from the goal. Dribbles through both. A third defender comes into the scene. My girl gives her a stiff arm. She stiff arms the defender, (laughs) knocks her over just about, and pops a shot from 30 yards out that goes into the top left corner of the goal, past the diving goalkeeper, to win the game in the 90th minute. You sound like a soccer announcer. I watched that so many times on a loop. It was so amazing to watch. (laughs) And the women's soccer, they added uh, SportsCenter Top 10, I don't know if Sports Center really cares about women's soccer, but they should because that was an amazing goal. I did not see it on Sports oh, Center, absolutely, but it should have been. Yeah. So that's the excitement. That's why. Met. That's why we're here, though. If Sports Center doesn't cover mm-hmm. women's soccer, that's what we do. We cover here all the non-revenue sports. Yeah, we follow all those non-revenue sports on Twitter. So if you follow us, we'll retweet, and you get to see what's happening in those other non-revenue sports. Next on the docket, Benjamin. Uh huh. Right. Oh, next on the docket. <laughs> I thought you were. I thought we were going into the trivia it's question good, of the good. week, but the next on the docket is NC State Rifle started the season, and uh, they are ranked in the top ten. We had an Olympian; he's graduated, so we no longer have him. But going into the season, they're ranked number ninth. Now, I didn't know a lot about rifle. I I knew nothing about the rules of rifle competition. So I'm not honestly. just going to sit here and read the listeners a bunch of scores that they won't know what it means. So a little something about how rifle works. In 1980, it was made co-ed, and they've had the NCAA Rifle Championships, and that's when the first competition was held. It is events. There are three positions, on the stomach, on the knee, standing up, and they shoot with both an air rifle and what is called a small bore. 
And the small bore rifle is just a 22 caliber rifle shooting okay. 22 bullets. The air rifle is kind of, I guess, a pellet, a pellet gun that uses compressed air. Okay. And you do both of those uh, rifles in, in competitions. You're not allowed any scopes or lenses, although they do right, have right. some pretty finagled sights on there. It's not your regular sight you have on a, a gun or on my Red Rider that I had at home as a kid. <laughs> good times, good times. So the, the difference, the small bore is the 22 rifle, and it's shot from 50 feet away indoor at NCAA events, and the air rifle is shot from 10 meters. And so the Wolf Pack, it, over the weekend at the Citadel, it's kind of like volleyball. They have a bunch of teams that go up against each other. They had an aggregate team score of 4,630 on Saturday and followed that with 4,650 on Sunday in the McAllister Fieldhouse, the site of the 2018 championship. Yeah, um, usually there's like four or five people per activity, and mm-hmm. uh, you got you get 60 shots per team. So, like, if oh, someone's... Oh, it's per team, not per player? Honestly, I don't know. I should not have said that, but I... I didn't know either. I was asking. I was hoping you were sure. I, I feel like it's 60 shots per team. That does make because sense. Because if you, if you have a really hot um, really hot shooter, I'm going to say, um, then you can just let them shoot you know what? the whole time. They're in Reynolds Coliseum. I'm going to make an effort to go Absolutely. to one of those Yeah, events. I need to go see the rifle team play. I'm talking about them on the radio. Might as well. So they Support collected the wins against North Georgia and the Citadel. It's actually good at rifle. And then they defeated number six Nebraska on Sunday. They did drop the two games versus number one West Virginia matches, 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 yep. and number twelve Mississippi. Yeah, the conferences are not typical in rifle. We don't have an Atlantic Coast Conference. We have a Great American Rifle Conference. That actually, sounds awesome. It that sounds name. pretty awesome. Yeah, honestly. Uh, but yeah, West Virginia and Ole Miss are in our conference in that, and I mean. I mean, you kind of expect Southern states and West Virginia going to be pretty good at rifles. Yeah, a little so. a fun fact about West Virginia is they've won the last five <laughs> NCAA championships. <Wow. laughs> it doesn't surprise me. They've won. Uh, West Virginia has twenty eight. Alaska has ten. Twenty eight. Yes, it's more world. That's more than the Yankees have won World Series. And they have combined unreal. to win. I think thirty eight. Thirty. Well, they've combined to win twenty eight of the last thirty seven championships. West Virginia and Alaska. Yeah. I guess those kids are out there and they don't have access to internet, so they're just like, I'm bored. I'm going to go shoot a rifle. Hey, why not? I mean, you know. <laughs> that sounds. That honestly sounds pretty cool. Yeah. So moving on to volleyball, something you know a little bit about. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I like to follow the women's volleyball team. I mean, we're, we're doing pretty good, 7-6 and six this year. Uh, recently, Bree Bailey... Um, a member of our team, uh, she just mm-hmm. got to a thousand kills on her career. Yeah, and now, Julia Brown had that earlier this season. Right, right. The only difference is that Bree Bailey is a transfer, so not all of her kills came with NC State. But it's still an impressive achievement. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's one of only twelve volleyball players in NC State's history to get to a thousand career kills. That, that actually sounds really impressive. I'd like to get to a thousand of anything. And kills, <laughs> kills sounds really Anything. cool. So they had a tournament up in Michigan last week, and I actually, this was my bad. I forgot to mention it on the show last week, but they had a tournament up in Michigan. Uh, yeah, they beat Cincinnati and Milwaukee in straight sets, so three out of five didn't even get to the fourth set. Uh, Michigan, number 21 in the country, all beat us in straight sets. So overall, we went six and three in sets, uh, two and one on the weekend. With the only loss coming to a ranked team, that's honestly not so bad. Not so bad. After I looked all. at I looked at the box score and the average uh, point differential between each set was like 
2.5. Oh, that's really so, close. Yeah, we it was a lot closer than just a three-set match. So and We played uh, they UNC. They had a home field advantage, too. I we mean, played uh, at U, uh, against UNC over the weekend. I know yeah, we, we played on Friday. Yeah. We beat UNC on Friday. I had friend. I was gonna go, but I didn't end up going. I saw people's Snapchat, and that was a packed house in Reynolds. Oh, I mean, it always is. You know, you gotta give the Tobacco Road rivalry. I mean, we beat them in five sets, so that's a pretty exciting game, especially because the fifth set is shorter than the other sets. It only goes oh, to fifteen only points. Goes, yep. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the Wolfpack started zero and five. They're now seven and six. So yeah, doing pretty solid, honestly. I mean. We talked about this on earlier shows, but our strength of schedule is honestly one of the toughest in the country. We went up and has been up to date. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we went up against Kansas, Florida, and Auburn, all pretty pretty great teams. And I mean, just because we lost doesn't mean we're not competing in those matches. Yeah. So we are seven and one, two and zero in the ACC. Oh, really? That's what really matters. Yeah. We we um. Opened up ACC play, beat UNC on Friday, like we said, yes. uh, three to two, and we won in five sets over Notre Dame on Sunday. So when it, and we had a freshman, Melissa Evans was named freshman of the week. Do you know when our next game is going to be? Um, I do not actually check the schedule real quick. Going to look at the schedule. Yeah. Meanwhile, as John looks that up, I think no, our our next two games are away, and then we have a game um, on October sixth, I believe. That's the next game in Reynolds Coliseum. Already, I yeah. am going to make an effort to go to that game as well. I know I say that a lot, but I really do make an effort. <laughs> it's difficult as a college student. You know, time is something that's really, really valuable. Yeah. I'm not saying everyone else's time isn't valuable. Thank you so much yeah. for listening to us and m- taking time out of your week to listen to our show. But we are finally on to swimming. We haven't talked about swimming in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, it's not swimming season yet, but they have this... Um, the Wolfpack Games event, it's like a family tradition, kind of. Uh, a lot of fans come out, mm-hmm. and it's it's almost like um, the hype-up night for basketball that we have in Reynolds Coliseum every year. Or the red-white game with volleyball. Exactly, yeah, or like the spring football game for mm-hmm. football. It's just um, everything like that. It's, it's really hyping up. Um, yeah, they're going to have some awesome events that are going to be uh, fun to watch. This is the first fan. time that Wolfpack Nation will see the entire 2017-2018 uh, Wolfpack swim team. And uh, junior Andreas Vazios broke uh, some Greek national records in the 200 freestyle and 200 individual medley at the FINA World Championship in Hungary. And this is what he had to say Pretty about impressive. it. I think that the Wolfpack games are kind of a family tradition. I'm looking forward to the fans and spectators having the opportunity to, opportunity to experience the energy and spirit that our team has as for myself i'm really happy that i'm able to have a full season swimming short course as a team we went through some changes but i totally believe we are even better now we are training hard and supporting each other the sky's limit go pack yeah senior hannah moore um she earned u.s national team selection Mm -hmm. recently which is important to note uh she also was quoted as saying fans can definitely expect an exciting atmosphere because Coach Holloway and the rest of the coaching staff work really hard to make this a fun event for the crowd. I'm definitely going to go on Friday. I know me and some of my club swim teammates probably going to show up there mm. and just enjoy the festivities. I would go, but I'm already doing something that I'm already committed to. It's all good. Come it's going to be in that. the uh, Casey, Auto- uh, Casey Aquatic Center. It's also a different name called a natatorium. It's just the indoor pool at Carmichael Gym. Yeah, Swim- and- swimmers know what a natatorium is. <laughs> 
I didn't know, except it's printed on, it's like it's up there it on the wall. Pool. I know it means pool. I work at a pool. I work at that pool. I see these swimmers every time I'm at work. So a couple of the events that we're going to see, we have the Battle of the Sexes, which is a 4 by 50 freestyle relay, men's versus the women's. We have the Diving Circus, which is men's versus women's dive. And that's one of my highlights of going to work is being able to watch the dive team because they are insane, some of the stuff they can do. Like you take your daily, like, I mean, oh, yeah, we, yeah, we, we got to remember, of course, it's it's NC State swimming and diving, not just swimming. Yeah, we don't yeah. really talk about the dive as much. I forget yeah. that a lot, yeah. but The dive yeah. team is awesome. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And as a student, they practice every day. So if you're just, if you are in Carmichael, you, uh, I don't know what time of the day they practice, but like they don't have a problem with people just sitting there in the bleachers watching them dive. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. So a couple other events that they're going to have. Uh, Yeah, we're going to have the... ACC championship ring presentation because our women's team won that last year. Because we're amazing yeah. in the non-revenue sports. Uh, a mini open water race, and that's just going to be like racing around the pool with no lane lines and water buoys. I was an open water swimmer, so I, I, I'll enjoy that. Did you that. do it like a triathlon or anything? Uh, yeah, actually. Are you yeah. serious? Yeah, I've done a triathlon. Why haven't you told me this? We can talk about it after. <laughs> uh, also, tug of war, which is like um, where you attack... You tie like um, a stretch cord to two swimmers, and you see who can swim to the wall first. Now, I, I did that in practice one time. Absolutely killer! You swim over two hundred yards if you have a good swimmer competing with you, like someone who's equal. You you'll end up swimming like over two hundred yards worth of strokes. Now, what they're gonna going to do for the pool. for this event? They're going to do a, uh, men versus women different pairs, but the women will have flippers on. Which make it makes a big that's difference. about even. Yeah, that's about. I mean, I would honestly say the women will probably win, considering they're wearing. Flippers. That would be, I said, you know how actually, to use them right. Yeah, yeah. I want to know which length because if you there's the really long flippers and there's the shorter flippers. I, there's probably technical terms. I just see it I mean, as a we'll lifeguard. We'll see. We'll see. But uh, yeah, also they're gonna do um, a power medley, which is where you're attached to a power tower, which is almost the same kind of thing. Yeah, they do and, that at practice all the time. They'll right, fill it right. with water. It really helps with uh, building strength and endurance. Uh, they're going to present the the NCAA championship rings to our men's 800 freestyle relay team from last year, mm-hmm. who actually set a national record in the 800 freestyle relay, which means every swimmer swims a 200. Um, six minutes and six seconds, 53 hundredths of a second. That's an incredible time. NCAA record, of course, Ryan Held, Justin Ress on the the USA team. Um, that's going to be really cool to see them get their rings. And lastly, they're going to have the um, the 200 individual medley finale um, presentation of like the Olympian versus the NC State women. Nice. So Andreas Vizios will be swimming the 200 IM against Jessica Horomonsky, and she's going to be swimming butterfly. Um, and again, in all these. All these uh, battle yeah, of the yeah, sex races, the women's and, have the flippers. Andreas Vizios, no, it's actually it's one on four. So he's swimming the two hundred, oh. and they're each going to swim a fifty. So they get the wow. dives. Yeah, yeah. Poor so dude. It's Andreas Vizios uh, versus Jessica Horomonsky is going to do the butterfly. Maddie Morello on the back, Olivia Fisher on the breast, and Vasiliki Baca on the freestyle. So that'll be fun to watch too. A um, couple of promotions. There will be free T-shirts there while they last. There's going to be a dunk tank. Every student loves free T-shirts. I love free T-shirts. I have too many T-shirts. Well, you're a student. <laughs> but if if you if someone says free T-shirts, I'm going. Absolutely. If I can. Absolutely. And there's dunk tank. Ryan Held and Andreas will be there, be in it from five to five fifteen. The coach Holloway will be in it later, and then Simone Billis is a swimmer for us, who's really great. He's going to be in it. Enter. You can enter a chance to win Syracuse 
football tickets, and there will also be a poster giveaway. So that is going to be really fun this Friday starting at 6 p.m. at the pool at Carmichael Gym. So we have women's tennis. Yeah, moving on to women's tennis. Mm-hmm. Pack yeah. Jr. Amanda Ribal won the top flight singles, 6-5, 6-3 over Riverheart of Minnesota. Uh, this was a tournament at the Gopher Invitational. Top flight, is that's it's kind of self-explanatory, I guess. It's the top one, and she won that tournament in singles. Uh, quote. This is a quote from her. It was a fun weekend filled with good competition. I'm really happy about the way I finished. It's a good start to my junior year, and I'm excited for what's to come. Uh, so- yeah, the Wolfpack, they're traveling to Los Angeles on September 30th for the Riviera ITA Women's All-American Championships. Um, we have junior Bianca Moldovan and sophomore Anna Rogers and also sophomore Adriana Riemi. They're all going to compete in singles for pre-qualifying and Rogers is going to team with junior Claudia Wiktorin in the doubles qualifying draw. So we have some good Wolfpack representation at the All-American Championship. That's pretty awesome. My analysis right now is that some of the tennis players have some really interesting names. Yeah. They're, they're, they're killing me here trying to read this on the radio. I think we have a lot of international students for our tennis team. It's definitely an adventure for me to try to read that stuff. All right. When we come back, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to play you some... Uh, Rock music oh, generator. Oh, no. Let's do the trivia question. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Teaser. My bad. You're Thanks good. for reminding me, though. Okay. So, Finley, uh, our quarterback, hasn't thrown an interception this year, mm-hmm. which is an incredible feat. He's well over 200 pass attempts. Uh, well, it kind of tri- goes back to last year, too. Yes, it, it does go to it does go to last year. But for this year, he is over 200 mm-hmm. pass attempts. Um, this is less of an NC State trivia question, but um, who in the FBS has the most consecutive pass attempts without an interception? And, and who also who's is the, the all time NC State leader in pass attempts without an interception? So, Again, that's that's a confusing question. Who has the NCAA record for pass attempts without an interception? And who has the NC State record? So you can hit us up at Packus Life NCSU on Twitter. John will be monitoring that. So, John, we did a thing on Saturday versus Florida State. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could say it was a thing. A lot of people are trying to discredit this win because DeAndre Francois was out. But I'm going to say when you don't have time to throw, it doesn't really matter who your quarterback is. I'll agree with that. Our defensive line absolutely dominating, particularly Bradley Chubb and Contavious Street. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, Bradley Chubb made national news when he spit on the Seminole in the middle of the field. I'm not I a big fan. I loved it. I'm not Absolutely a big fan of that. Absolutely loved it. Oh my goodness. I don't mind a lot of confidence, a little bit of arrogance, but the it's kind of like I don't want to get on my high horse, but it is kind of disrespectful and I definitely wouldn't appreciate it if a Florida State athlete did that on the NCAA. Oh, no doubt. I think that's the point of it though. Like I think a little disrespect is good every now and then, especially when you come into their house and beat them and just physically dominate their quarterback. Well, mm. Chubb had a day. Oh, man. He was amazing. The quarterback was a freshman, and I watched the game from Tally with uh, with the students because people kind of congregate there to watch the game. And first couple series of the game, I thought we were going to run away with it because Blackman was we just— We never do. <laughs> he was awful. He It was pitiful. Like was, I yeah. felt sorry for him, but he just transformed into what— By the end of the game, I watched him grow from a terrible quarterback to at least a pretty good quarterback, and he looks— Kind of has this kind of lanky arms, a little bit of a wind-up for his release. Like, it takes a little long for him to get the ball out. But he looks like, as a true freshman 18-year-old, he could be really good for Florida State. And I'm glad we went ahead and beat him when how he is now. is a, 
is just starting his career. Yeah, I mean, he didn't throw any interceptions. He went 22 for 39, but a lot of that is forcing the ball yeah. when you're playing from behind. Also being um, an 18-year-old true freshman in your first yeah, college Yeah, he skipped start. his senior year. He, um, he reclassified and uh, signed with Florida State. He's a so, true freshman, and he should have been in high school this true year. True freshman who's uh, younger than most true freshmen. Yeah, wow. that's right. Yeah, the yardage of uh, this game is interesting. Uh, they actually outgained us by 17. That number's arbitrary. It basically shows how we were pretty even. What we did do well is hold them to field goals in the red zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the score, it looks like they scored three touchdowns, but that safety kind of complicated things. We held them to four 30-to-40-yard 30, 30 field goals. And they missed one uh, an additional field goal. Yeah, yeah. Um, Aguayo Roberto, missed his Roberto first Roberto Aguayo's brother, his younger brother. Ricky. Ricky Aguayo. That's such a younger actually, brother name, by the it, way. It really is, yeah. Roberto and Ricky. But um, That's a show. I swear that that has to be a show. <laughs> yeah, the, the clutch kick missers. Um, but no, he actually he went four for five, which is, I mean, it's a solid mark. But, That's um, pretty good. Yeah, I'm. I'm just excited that I we held them. I wish our kicker would go four, four to four out of hey, five. Hey, don't 30 disrespect. Plus. We have a good kicker. We have a good bless kicker. bless his heart. So don't say that. We what? have a good kicker. We have All a good right. kicker. Carson Wise is a good kicker. I'm. I'm sure he's a great guy. I'm he's sure. a good kicker. He's. A, he's Show he's, me the stats where he's a bad kicker. We don't attempt field goals from more than thirty yards. Is what I'm saying. We don't really have to. All right. All right. All right. I'm saying he's a great guy. Is what I'm going to say. What did you think of the rushing game in this? Well, or the rushing attack. Rushing, we got over 100 yards, which is a huge deal versus Florida State. I said going into the game that we needed to average four yards a rush. We didn't That's play. what they did, 4.0. We, oh, really? Are yeah, you serious? Yeah, 26 rushes and 104 yards. Perfect four. Oh, that's Florida State. You are right. NC yeah, State averaged 37. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm looking at the wrong stats. We averaged uh, three yards a rush, but... I mean, still. We got you gotta keep yards the defense when we needed honest. it. Yeah, we, you got to keep the defense honest. If you get... Three yards of play every play, you're going to end up with fourth and one. But I That's mean, just if, if you can always count on three yards, and obviously you can't always count on three yards, but three yard average per carry is not bad for keeping the defense honest, especially when you run it 37 times. And it's Florida State's defense. They get yeah. most of the best recruits. And them and Alabama are getting all the best guys every year, it seems like. Now Clemson's getting in that mix. There was yeah. none bigger a play, in my opinion, than Hines getting that game clinching first down. On the ground. We yeah. handed the ball off three straight times. This is the, we're running clock. We're going to punt it to you. They knew we were And make your freshman quarterback beat us. Yeah, Naheem Hines um, had a great game, honestly. I think he rushed for 92 yards. 92 of our 100 yards. Or... That is really good. That yeah. is really good. Yeah, 92 of our 110 yards. But on that one, it was a third down. He just bounced outside, and he beat him to the first down marker. And, I mean, that's what we need. That's what we need. Needed that. We're getting what we need right now from Naheem Hines and our rushing game in general. I, I'd like to talk about Jacoby Myers. I don't mind talking about you, that. Yeah, you said um, at the start of the year, you said he was going to be good, uh, along with Kelvin Kelvin mm-hmm. Harmon. And he had that memorable flip into the end zone after his long that touchdown. That wasn't even the best part. That wasn't even the best part. The best part was... Um, embarrassing like, Derwin James, one of the premier defensive backs in the nation. Oh, yeah. He embarrassed Derwin James. It was a pretty pass from Ryan Finley just right yeah. down the seam, right over the shoulder. He just went right around Derwin James, did a flip into the end zone. It kind of felt like it wasn't at the end of the game, but if you remember Dennis Smith's dunk after the buzzer I last do remember year against that. Duke, that's what the flip felt like. It was kind of like, in your face, this doesn't even matter, but we're going to do it anyway. Also, he that knew hyped it was me up. That hyped me up. It, I liked it just because, and I love the announcer mentioning that 
you stuck the landing, it shouldn't have been a penalty if you stick the landing. Exactly, yeah. That's it. That's the most efficient thing you can do, is get around the rules by sticking a landing to a front flip after scoring a long touchdown and it's also, against Devonta It's amazing because there was defenders right behind him. Like he, he couldn't slow down to gather himself to flip. He had to continue his speed because they had a couple yards. If he slowed down, they would have got him. So he knew he had to keep the speed up, and he ended that flip. And NC State, I, that set the tone, and we ended up winning. Yeah, that, to that's 20, just one of the most 21. savage things I've ever seen, like straight up. I absolutely really cool. loved it. Absolutely Made loved me think it. of Jermaine's Gresham a few years ago, his flip over a player into the end zone for the Bengals. Oh, that was incredible. That was incredible. That might have been the best football play I ever saw in my life. But Again, NC State. Uh, Finley. Went 23 for 33 in this game. I mean, still, that's like... Did um, not throw an interception, which continues his nation-leading streak of most pass attempts without an interception at 224, which puts him in the running for that NC State record. He's halfway there to the national record because the national record is 444 passes thrown without an interception. And we're going to tell you who did that at the end of the show, as well as the uh, school record, who holds that... By the way, we did get a call during the break. A person correctly, a loyal listener correctly answered the NC State record for most passes attempted without an interception. Yeah, Jimmy from Raleigh called in, uh, told us the answer for the NC State record. That, of course, is Russell Wilson, set back in 2010. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember watching that when it happened. I think it was during the, the Champ Sports Bowl when we beat West Virginia. It was the NCAA record at the time. Yeah, it was the NCAA double. No, excuse me. It was the NCAA record at the time. Uh, the record was reset set in uh, 2012 by none other than so we're Colby revealing? Cameron. Yeah, we're going to reveal it okay. right now. Yeah. Wow, Col- that kind of caught me off guard, John. I was expecting that at the end. Now, Colby Cameron oh, from no. Louisiana Tech set the record in 2011 to 2012. Well, we only really care about the NC State record. I mean, Which let's is, be honest. Which is, unfortunately, Russell Wilson. Oh, it's okay. I, I wish mean, it was to a better guy like Jacoby Prissett. You can love Russell, but... You gotta love Philip Rivers more. That's just a rule. You got to. I, I do. And I also like Ryan Finley a lot because he is playing lights out this year and he got acknowledged for it. Finley I I'm sorry to interrupt you. Finley's on his way to being the fifth NFL quarterback. He has the size. Yeah. And he's showing he has the arm strength. And the, the fourth in a row from NC State to yeah. go to the NFL. We might have five guys starting next year. <laughs> starting. No, I don't think so. Andrew that would be Luck's kind of cool if we did though. Ryan Finley was named the Manning Star of the Week versus for his efforts versus Florida State, where he was 22 of 32 for over 300 yards, two touchdowns, and again, no interceptions. He did have a pick, but it was called back because of os- offensive interference. That kind of made my week. Uh, also, he wasn't the only NC State player to be acknowledged. Surprise, surprise, Bradley Chubb, who absolutely dominated an amazing, uh, amazing talent at Florida State was named the ACC Defensive Lineman of the Week. I think uh, there's one particular play that just kind of describes the game for Bradley Chubb. And while it was a completion for Florida State, um, I saw Florida State's quarterback drop the snap, uh, pick it up, and chuck it. And the receiver caught it, but Chubb actually absolutely just lifted him up and pinned him to the ground. And you could see he was just defeated on his face. It, it was... I can't imagine what uh, Syracuse is thinking watching the film of that game. Honestly. I'm just, I'm thinking because Blackman stayed on the ground for a little while and he got up and was shook yeah. up. And just the look on his face was, I didn't bargain for this. Quite honestly, if Bradley Chubb keeps playing like this, he could be a certainly a first round draft pick. Oh, yeah. I, I'm thinking top 10. That, top 10 draft I wouldn't pick. surprise me at all. 
Uh, for his ACC Defensive Lineman of the Week, he uh, tallied seven tackles, including five solo stops and forced to fumble. He recorded a pair of sacks. He also recovered that fumble 30 yards down the field. That was my favorite play from Bradley Chubb. He runs down the quarterback, forces the fumble, and then recovers the fumble 30 yards down. You can't teach that. You can't get your technique better. No, nah, that's just some players have that's that just motor. initiative, and that's just some players don't going and getting it. And Bradley Chubb has that motor, and I think so. You talked about him being a top ten pick. Mm-hmm. His three and a half sacks on the season rank fifteenth nationally, and seven and a half tackles for loss thus far rank him sixth nationally. The stats don't even tell the whole story with that because when you have somebody who can do the things that Bradley Chubb does, excuse my voice crack there, um, it really it. It completely takes the offense in a whole other direction sometimes. They might think twice about running to his side, or they might double-team him on a pass protection coverage. It really opens the door for other pass rushers like Street. Mm-hmm. And BJ Hill like had that. a good BJ game. BJ Hill had a great game. Um, yeah, guys like that. Having Bradley Chubb, it really helps the whole team out. It's unbelievable. And Bradley Chubb's not the only Wolfpack, uh, Wolfpack uh, football player rising his stock for the NFL next level. Pro football focus... Uh, wrote a little something about all everything. Uh, I'm going to say football player because I don't know what position he is. I don't think anyone knows He's what position he is. He's a true fullback because he can truly do everything that a back does. Yeah, and pro football fo- uh, focus was talking about... He even about, ran a trick play where he threw a pass. Yeah, he completed he's a, the pass. He's literally a fullback. He does everything that a back does. I get does. what you did there. <laughs> I like puns, John. I yeah, enjoy puns. It's a good pun. A lot of people will say, oh, he completed the pass. That's so amazing. If he threw the pass on target, it would have been a dang touchdown is what I'm saying. Oh, come on now. Come on now. He really overthrew the, the guy. It's okay. It was it's okay, wide though. open. It's Should okay. have been a touchdown, Jalen. That's not his job. Expect better from Jalen Samuels. But again, <laughs> Pro Football Focus is rating him as really high. They give some of his stats, and basically their analysis is he's a poor man's Ty Montgomery player for the uh, Green Bay Packers who plays just about every position. Yeah. Speaking of pro football, I think we're going to talk some Panthers real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of the game on Sunday? Oh, wow. The game on Sunday, the game that we lost to the New Orleans Saints, 34-13. to The game where the New Orleans Saints defense got Cam Newton to throw three interceptions and score only one touchdown. The game where the New Orleans Saints defense has been historically terrible. Mm. I didn't think a lot of that game. Well, they're not historically terribly terrible anymore as we only managed 13 points. And they had three takeaways I'll tell you us. what's historically terrible is Mike Shula is historically terrible. The... I don't. We sh- we don't need to be hiring Mike Shula anymore. I miss Rob Chudzinski, and I looked up where he's at. He's the Indianapolis's offensive coordinator for Jacoby Brissett <laughs> over in Indianapolis. So that's where that guy is. He's an offensive genius. I just miss him from Cam Newton's rookie year when we had an elite NFL offense. I don't like Mike Shula. I would appreciate it if we give him the whole season because it's really hard to change coordinators midseason. And if we gave him all season last season and we weren't good on offense. But we also gave him all season in 2015 and we did go 15 and 1. And I'm not I'm no Shula fan. I think his play calls are pretty horrendous sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of that has to do with players and how they play. Yeah, players have to execute and Cam Newton was without the one of the best tight ends in the NFL and Greg Olson. He lost his favorite guy, Kelvin Benjamin, Mr. Third Down. Yeah. Every time it's a third down, Kelvin Benjamin is targeted. I mean, yeah, and I just, I watched some of the game film from, like, a bird's-eye camera, and a lot of times you could pause the film when Cam's about to be under pressure in the pocket. And normally there's this gap in the middle of the field where Cam will take off and run, and he's not doing that. And I think that could be part of the coaching staff telling him not to do that, but I think 
he needs to get back that aggressive running where sometimes he's aggressive running and it feels like he's forcing it. But when you're under pressure, you're dropping back to pass. You got to let it come to you. And a lot of times the Saints, it didn't even seem like they were worried about Cam Newton running. And that's a problem. That's why the rushing touchdown was so easy for him. And that would have never happened in previous years. Yeah, I still would have liked to see him pitch it. I'd rather Cam pitch it to Stewart and get the touchdown there and then scramble on another possession and pick up a first down. I'm not going to complain. It was a touchdown, and we needed that. I'll tell you what I will complain about is punting the ball from the plus 35-yard line. That was a poor decision. I think Graham Gano has been a perfectly fine kicker so far this year. Hasn't even Interesting use of goal. perfect there because he's perfect for the year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Graham Gano, he's not missed an extra point or a few. I mean, we've only had three to kick. But he's also, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, we've only had three extra points to kick, but he's also perfect from the field. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Graham Gano's problem isn't his leg or his talent. He's just unclutch. He misses the field goals when they matter most. And I I think I disagree with that. I think last year was a fluke year, honestly. Missed the the game winner versus Denver, and that did not set. Like I said, last year was a fluke year. It was bad. I have confidence in Graham Gano. I honestly don't have that much confidence in... um, in our coaching staff right now. I really don't. I will trust Ron Revere more than I will trust uh, our kicker, Graham Gano. I don't trust Ron Revere to punt from the 35. I would have liked That's to go for That's not Riverboat Ron. That's not what we're used to. We need we need to get that fire back. The Riverboat Ron went and sunk and hit rock bottom on that play. That was terrible. Anyway, <laughs> so the Panthers didn't have a good game. They hadn't, But the thing is, this isn't. they're 2-1. They scored... 23 points versus a bad San Francisco defense, and then nine points versus a yeah, very good yeah, Buffalo I mean, we're defense. We're still positive in the win column, which yeah. is stunning to me. But well, we're I playing mean, the Patriots. Honestly, next. that's likely to change. Uh, the Patriots coming up, and then the Eagles, and then the Lions, who did really well. Um, I actually picked them to beat Atlanta last week, and because you were of wrong, a, John. Yeah, but you I mean, that's a wrong. pretty controversial call. I'm going to focus on that. You got it wrong because that's that's what makes me happy. I'm going to focus on that. I'm four and two, and you're three and three. So. That's, well, it's only three games in, first of all. We have yeah, um, 13 more, 14 more weeks in the NFL season, so yeah. I have a long time to catch up. Speaking of picks, who are your picks for upset and lock of the week this week? All right, so my pick for the upset of the week is the Bills beating the Falcons because okay. the Bills just spanked Denver, who the week before had spanked Dallas. So the Denver was pretty good, and the Bills won that game. My lock of the week <laughs> is the Packers over the Bears because the Packers struggled versus a terrible Bengals team. Really? But... They're not. They're, Aaron Rodgers isn't going to lose to Mike Glennon. Bless his heart. Mike Glennon is not going to beat Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to disagree with you there. I think the Bears are actually going to win this game. That's my upset pick. Upset of the week. Upset of the week. Nice Bears transition over the by Packers. The way. Yeah. Um, Thursday night. I really think. I don't know. The Bears have. They just looked good. Uh, the they Packers, almost beat the Falcons. Yeah, they should've almost beat, beat the Falcons. Falcons. Should have beaten the Falcons. They beat the Steelers in overtime on Sunday. I mean, the Packers played an overtime game, but they had to come from behind. I really. I don't know. I just have confidence in the Bears' running game right now. And, I mean, Rodgers has to have an off game sometime. I mean, he had a good game. Does he, though? Does he? He's Aaron Rodgers. He's Aaron Rodgers. Don't ask I mean. Joe Buck, because Joe Buck will tell you that Aaron Rodgers is just your lord and savior. It's. It, uh, <laughs> I Speaking of announcers, I really like Tony Romo, and I know you do as well. Former quarterback, now turned announcer for CBS, finally replacing Phil Simms. That was really nice. But who's your upset of the week? I mean, um, lock of the week. Yeah, you just I told me you're upset. Picked upset. Um, my lock of the week is, honestly, I'm going to take the Broncos over the Raiders. As your lock? As my lock, yeah. I knew I'd catch up to you, but I didn't think you would be all this week. You want me to change you... that? 
No, 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 no. That sounds <laughs> fine. I actually am looking forward to finally uh, passing you in this. Yeah, I think I think the Broncos are going to beat the Raiders. Um, I mean, the Broncos, they didn't really look good against the Bills, but then again, that game was in Buffalo. Denver plays better at home. Uh, so does Oakland. It's in Denver. I really think Oakland looked really bad on Sunday night playing against the Redskins. They made a Redskins, mm-hmm. an average Redskins defense look um, like the top of the NFL, like the class of the NFL, and I really don't think that they're that good. I'm really disappointed in the Raiders so far because I have I had them winning the Super Bowl. Aren't they year. two and one though? They're two and one, but I just have like the Panthers. They beat the Jets. You know, well, everyone two. beats the Jets except for my lock of the week last week, the Dolphins. Yeah, Dolphins went yeah. and lost to the Jets. Why you got to do me like that? But Dolphins? yeah, so my picks this week are the the Bears and the Broncos, the former teams of my favorite quarterback, Jay Cutler. Oh my, that's goodness. mostly satirical, but I love I do love Jay Cutler. I like him. I like the memes with the cigarette in his mouth. Who are your uh, fantasy must sit and must start this week? Well, that didn't go so great for me last week since my must start was Cam Newton, and he had three interceptions after I said he'd have five touchdowns. So. Obviously, that wasn't my week, but I'm going to reinstate my expertise on this again because I haven't have a microphone in front of me that makes me an expert. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I'm going to say that my must-sit of this week is Marshawn Lynch, the Oakland Raiders running back versus that Denver Broncos defense. And my must-start of the week is Kenny Galloway, a receiver for the Detroit Lions. Galladay. Galladay? Yep. Galladay. Kenny Galladay is Kenny my must Kenny Galloway isn't in the NFL probably, so... We're not gonna we're not gonna start him. I don't recommend starting him. I'll say start Kenny Galladay, wide receiver for the Lions, and I think he's going to have a really big week. John, who is your must start and must sit? My must start is definitely Adam Thielen because he's second in the league in receiving yards right now, which is honestly unbelievable with two ninety nine. I didn't understand the hype going into the season for like fantasy football owners. Yeah. But, I mean, Thielen and Diggs, uh, they're second and third, respectively, um, mm-hmm. in the rankings. They've had incredible seasons so far. I mean, even with Case Keenum as their quarterback, they're going up against a Lions team that's allowed a lot of passing yards this year. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I think the Lions are a good team, but I think it's going to be high scoring. Yeah, and Diggs has had a couple of uh, two-touchdown games, so I'm guessing you're anticipating Thielen to get some of those looks in the end zone as people will focus more on stopping Stephon Diggs. Yeah, I mean, Thielen's been more of the long yardage guy, and Diggs has been the red zone guy, which is typically not the way it's been, especially last season. But, I mean, yeah, that's my that's my start of the week, Adam Thielen. My sit of the week is Lamar Miller for the Texans. He had a lot of hype going into the season. He but- honestly has done nothing to impress me. The team's focusing on Deshaun Watson as their quarterback, and they're facing a tough Titans defense that really didn't give any running room to the Seahawks last week. Yeah, and that's my that was my upset of the week, and they delivered. Thank you, Tennessee Titans. Yeah, I mean, anytime Russell Wilson loses, it's a good thing, especially Seattle. I just don't like Seattle. I don't like Seattle either. No. But speaking of the NFL, messing with Russell we have the pack in the pros, and there was a couple of Wolfpack players that did had really good weeks. Jacoby Prissett. Led the Colts to a victory over the Cleveland Browns, 31 to 29. He was 17 of 24 for 259 yards and two rushing touchdowns and a passing touchdown. You've probably seen the one rushing touchdown with an incredible spin to get in the end zone. And uh, Josh Jones had a coming out oh, party. Josh Jones had an incredible game. He got his first start in the NFL. He had 12 tackles, two sacks and another tackle for a loss at safety for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I mean, two sacks as a safety and 12 tackles. He's all over the field, honestly. The Packers got a gem in Josh Jones, great uh, Wolfpack player while he was here. Looking forward to seeing what he can do. I mean, obviously, I think the Packers going to make the playoffs go pretty deep. You picked him to win the Super Bowl. I picked him to lose the oh. Super Bowl. 
Um, lose to the Raiders. That's yeah, right. lose to the Raiders. So, um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm still going to go with that pick, even though I don't think the Raiders are doing good right now. But I, I do think that's going to be incredible for a rookie. I mean, we saw an NC State rookie last year, Joe Tooney, get to the Super Bowl and win. So, I mean, maybe we could have two rookies in a row in the Super Bowl. And then we could get like a streak going of consecutive years that NC State has had a uh, player representing in the Super Bowl. That'd be pretty cool. Because Hauschka was kicker for Seattle for a while, and that's a that's an NC State well, alum. Now, now he's in Buffalo, and mm-hmm. that's not going to happen. Speaking of Hauschka, he was a four four on field goals, including a fifty five yarder, and so he was perfect for the week. Uh, Russell Wilson threw for three hundred and seventy three yards, and he lost to the uh, to the Titans. Uh, Mike Glennon didn't have a great week, but yep. they did beat the Steelers. And Philip Rivers lost to the Chiefs. Oh, wait. The Chargers beat the Chiefs. No, no. The Chiefs oh, beat defe- the Chargers. were defeated. Okay, so they did lose yeah. to the Chiefs. I was initially <laughs> correct. And Rivers, had a, a, he didn't have a good day. He threw three picks. Yeah, all in the first half. That really, um, I mean, the Chiefs didn't even have that much offense. The Chargers' defense was playing pretty well. Philip Rivers gave them no help. Yeah. I mean, that's Kareem the, Hunt in the second half kind of ended the game. Kareem Hunt has more rushing yards than like 26 NFL teams. Kareem Hunt is looking like the second coming of LaDainian Tomlinson, only bigger and stronger. And I, I mean, mean, you that called it before the season. You were talking about singing about did, uh, Kareem Hunt for like forever. I just didn't expect you to be correct. Mm. Willie Young had a tackle and a sack for the Bears. Uh, the Oakland Raiders lost, and David Amerson finished with three tackles, and he was also just baptized. By Josh Johnson <laughs> on a t- long touchdown by he, the Redskins. He got lost. He should have had an interception, and just Josh Dodson's going to be really good for the Redskins. Uh, Justin Burris had two tackles for the Jets, and they uh, beat the Dolphins 25. Dante Johnson, the quarterback for a uh, cornerback for the 49ers, had two tackles for the 49ers. That Moving is, on to some. Sorry, mm-hmm. sorry. I was Mo- just saying that's all for the Pack Pros, and we'll talk oh, more yeah. about it next week. Moving on to some week. national news. Um, yeah. We're going to talk some NBA real quick because they had their media day recently. Mm-hmm. Um, Carmelo Anthony, I'm, I'm sure you heard if you follow basketball, got traded to the Thunder. There's a new big three, John. New big three, absolutely. Yeah, Paul George, uh, Carmelo Anthony, and of course, Mr. Triple Double from OKC, the MVP, Russ Brody, you know, do everything. The best player in the league besides Rit- LeBron James. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> but I was yeah, about to say. I think the Thunder... Um, the Thunder have a legitimate shot if they put it all together to beat the Warriors. And really? Yeah, absolutely. I don't see why not. I think Carmelo I Anthony so. is one of the most underrated players he doesn't, in the NBA. He doesn't win in the playoffs. He doesn't get to the playoffs a lot of times. And yeah, he doesn't it, play defense. Yeah, but I mean, you look, there's a lot of good players that don't get to the playoffs. Anthony Davis, DeMarcus Cousins. And if one Davis. of those had been put on the Thunder, I think you'd be thinking differently. Carmelo is a pure scorer. He may be a little older, but... I mean, honestly, I think he can still get it done. He got it done with the Nuggets on a good squad. He got it done with the Knicks for a little bit until their management started falling apart. I'm really excited to see him play meaningful basketball. I'll tell you what was discouraging to me was more talent went from the East over to the West. That's good because the Hornets play in the East, and so that's (laughs) better for us. But now there's even going to be more people talking about how amazing the West is, and I just have to hear that every single year in the NBA. And... I hate to see the talent move over like that. But well, I think it's um it's different though because like you look at the Knicks and they're clearly about to start rebuilding. So, it's less about the East getting worse, just more about the the West getting better. And of course, Anthony, uh Paul George and Russ, provided he doesn't sign his extension, they're all going to be free agents after this year. 
I hope they don't go to the Lakers because then I'd have to hear a lot more of LeVar Ball. Lonzo. Lonzo, um, Lonzo Ball, future Hall of Famer. But yeah. Melo wasn't the only veteran. To, me. He wasn't the only veteran to switch teams this no. past week. Dwayne Wade to the Cavs, baby. Should have happened last year is what I was saying last year. Why it didn't, I don't know. I think it's even sweeter this year just because uh, coming off a finals loss, you know, you get. Uh, I think the Kyrie Irving trade honestly opened up the Cavs to be even better than they could have been with Kyrie Irving. Yeah, they got a lot more uh, defense. Uh, I don't know. They're probably just going to have to have a couple of walkers out there when they play the <laughs> Warriors in the finals. But what I'm saying is, like, Kyrie, he's such an isolation player. Uh, you trade Kyrie, you get Isaiah Thomas, who I think is honestly a better point guard on the really? offensive end. Okay, all right. On the offensive end. You, add, uh, you sign Derrick Rose to the veterans minimum. He's going to be starting until Isaiah Thomas is healthy. I mean, Derrick Rose, the former MVP. Yep. Derrick Rose. He can still get it done. 20 points a game Minus last year the for the Knicks. Minus the two knees, he's okay. If he stays healthy, he can get it done. That's Dwayne a Wade, huge if. Another isolation slasher. I mean, think about it. The starting five, even before Isaiah Thomas takes the floor, is likely going to be um, Derrick Rose. Past his prime. Dwayne Wade. Past his prime. Say what? I'm just saying past his prime. Who cares, man? They're really old. LeBron James. Slightly past no, his prime. No, he's in his prime. He's, Kevin he's... Love and Tristan Thompson with, of course, Jay Crowder and uh, J.R. Smith coming off the bench. That's That sounds like that a really a good solid team. solid lineup. And then they when Isaiah the Thomas finals. comes back, you yeah. got a very capable backup point guard in Derrick Rose. Yep, yep. I hope to see them in the finals. Continuing with the NBA, uh, Malik Monk's ankle has healed well. He started training camp for the Hornets. That's good. I'm super excited. That's a top Hornets. 10 pick. Oh he's a really good player. Actually, he's the 11th pick. 11th pick? Close enough, but lottery pick. Lottery yeah. pick, yeah. Um, I'm still surprised that we got him. I honestly thought that the Knicks were going to take him with the, uh, I think they had the eighth pick, and they took Frank Tilakina from France. But, I mean, he could turn out to be a good player, but I think Monk is one of the top three best players in this draft. Well, he's a 6'3 shooting guard. He's 6'4 kind of... now. He grew an inch. Are you serious? Yeah, he grew an inch. Okay, well, he's still <laughs> That scrawny. makes all the difference. He's still Yeah, it makes a huge difference, that one inch. Also, uh, T.J. Warren, former Wolfpack uh, basketball player. Oh, big extension. T.J. Bucket's got a four-year extension worth $50 million. So he's getting uh, He needs paid. to stay healthy. He needs to stay healthy. The Phoenix Suns, they have a very bright future. I'm looking for T.J. Warren to stay healthy this year for the yeah. whole year. Get buckets, man. That's what he does yeah, best. Devin Booker has been really, really, love, really good for I the fun. I love for the Suns. Devin Booker. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, when he came out, a lot of people had him going to the Hornets. And I was like, okay. Now I wish the Hornets... I don't think they we, even got a chance we, to take him. No, we did. We took Frank Kaminsky with the ninth pick. We skipped on Devin Booker? Yeah, Devin Booker wasn't taken until 15. He wasn't even... Oh. Wait, no, 13. 13. Still, after we picked. All right. Well, yeah. hindsight's twenty twenty. Hindsight's twenty twenty. If we took Devin Booker, we probably wouldn't have taken Malik Monk. So we probably would have taken John Collins. I'd rather have Frank and Monk than John Collins and Devin Booker, to be honest with you. Well, Devin Booker scored over 70 points in the game last year. That... Over 70? Yeah, it's a versus... Um, versus. Not, no, he scored 70. He didn't score over 70. Okay, 70 yeah. points. He scored a lot that's, of points that's versus arbitrary. Boston. He scored 70 points. A lot of free throws. Who cares? 70 points. Incredible. One of only six players to do it, I believe, in NBA history. That's including the Mamba. That was in only his... Oh, yeah. Mamba's 81. But, yeah. I am... Wow, that was, a, that was a good show. We had other stuff to get to that we didn't even have time to get to. We only yeah. took one break. We're going to speak on some uh, Major League Baseball next week as their playoffs are out to mm-hmm. start. Go Cubs. Goodness. Cubs are honestly Bandwagon. probably the worst. Nah, no. Nah. Bandwagon. No, don't do not do that. Uh, Cubs are honestly probably the worst division winner or likely division winner 
in the MLB right now. But, yeah, we'll talk about that next week. So we already got the trivia question out of the way. Shout-outs to Jimmy and Raleigh for listening and calling in. We always appreciate you listening and making us a part of your day. Uh, I had a blast. I hope you had a blast, John. Absolutely. I hope the listeners had a blast. We are looking forward to coming back at you live next Wednesday at 5 p.m. You can find us on SoundCloud at Pack is Life NCSU. The link is actually on our Twitter, and you can listen to the shows if you missed it. There's five shows on SoundCloud right there. They usually come out on there about a week after they air on here. So that wraps it up for today. Uh, Appreciate you listening. This is Pack is Life Sports Show with Benjamin Denton and John Hinton.